0: Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello my friend welcome once again. The Words of Jesus series continues and we've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Absolutely packed with wisdom, packed with knowledge, packed with instruction and uh, in order to unpack it it's going to take many days of your own meditation and reading and, and and i hope you involve yourself in that because this is, this is so rich if you could read the sermon on the mount and and not uh, you know feel conviction or needs need within yourself to change you know sorrow for the way you live uh you're going to be in really really good shape as far as a relationship to god these things are are very important and, um, and so that's, what, that's why we talk about these things. Let's get these things. Let's put Christ back in Christianity, shall we? Uh, yeah, last time we were talking about uh, the, the idea of prayer and doing that in a private way and, um, and how dangerous it is. I hope you understand that I wasn't just saying it's distasteful or that uh, I don't like it or anything. I want you to know that it's dangerous to do this uh it's it's dangerous to pray in public as if um you know as as if you're praying to God and in reality praying to other people hoping that they will hear what you have to say um it's uh it's essentially the same thing as um, as giving for people to see um and and he says in both cases uh, verily you have your reward um uh, now this doesn't mean that you're rewarded for prayer or that even that you're rewarded for paying your tithes or you're giving your offerings. This is a, a reward is um, essentially, you know, hell is your reward for being sinful. <laughs> it doesn't sound like much of a reward, but that's what it is. Um, this is the wages. This is wages that you're paid. Um, you know, the the wages of sin is death. That's That's the reward. That's what comes at the end of a lifestyle lived that way. So he's saying when you when he says you have your reward, you're getting done what you want to get done. But you are you're tagging this with my name, which is which uh makes you part of the enemy camp, not a part of of the Lord's camp. He does not need you to testify on his behalf or for him or to grab his hand in yours and uh stick a pin through his fingers. And make him sign to whatever it is that you're doing now, how do we do that? well you know uh i uh i have lost wonderful fellowship with people over the years uh, that are involved in um uh, the, the Christian media in one way or the other, because I do insist that certain things be done. you'll notice that this this off this broadcast does not mention offerings. We don't come on here and talk about our needs and how much we owe. And if you don't give, we're going off the air and all the rest of that kind of thing. We just don't do that. And I've had uh, friends of mine, seemingly close friends, you know, tell me that that's financial suicide. And uh, of course, it hasn't been. The Lord's blessed us just fine. We're doing just fine. Um, and, um, you know, and, and I've, I've had friends say, you know, can't, you can't tell people you're doing just fine. You know they won't give, or you got to give them a little something. You got to buy them a little trinket, or you got to buy them a little something. You know, sell Bibles, sell something. You know, look for. <laughs> the only thing I'm selling is Jesus, and his price tag is free. That's all I. That's all I got. You know, I, I'm under a mandate here. Freely you received, freely give. And you know what I say? Because I'm a slave. Is uh, yes, sir. Jesus is it invited into my ministry? I'm invited into his, and so that's that's why I'm, that's why we let him make the rules um but uh as we look at um what what Jesus is trying to warn us of is is that the the leaven of our lives in other words what we do in front of other people this extends in so many different areas we can't talk about them all inside of this in inside of this uh show time constraints you just can't um. You know the the idea that uh, we have a um, uh, an obligation to witness to the world um, should make us try to be very very cautious about uh, living in this area that we call Levin, um, and that is um, that. Remember when Jesus said, uh, "If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father," uh, and if you Confess me before men, then I'll confess you before the Father. This is confess and deny before all men, all men, any man, and uh, I'm afraid that it is our evaluation of another person that changes what we say or how we act or what we do in front of them, and and it's 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 a very uh, dangerous practice, and I think it's going to absolutely go nowhere except uh, toward destruction. Now, he says to go into your closet and pray to your father, which is in secret, and your father that sees or hears in secret will reward you openly. Um, Whatever openness you're looking for, whatever openness you're trying to cause by uh, directing your words at people or whatever it is you're doing that is detestable to God, can be accomplished in a way that you probably never thought of and that is that should you decide to be private it is it is the father who will make what you do public and you just don't want anything else but that um you you don't want to you don't want Madison Avenue to promote you you want your father to promote you because he's uh, essentially proud of you and when you when you do go before the lord and uh, to ask him certain things, you should have in the back of your mind an understanding that the Father knows you have need of all these things jesus says he he knows you have what things you have need of before you ask him um all these things came about uh i I think in in compiling the gospels and and trying to uh, put them in some kind of chronological order I was I was putting together some of these conversations and I happen to believe that this particular um, conversation came about because the disciples um, were asking uh, Jesus, you know, John taught his disciples to pray. You haven't done that. Why don't you teach us to pray? And um, uh, I think that the Lord's Prayer as an answer to why haven't I taught you to pray, which nobody ever considers. Um, Wow, really? They've been with Jesus all this time and nobody taught them how to pray? Um, I think that the whole Lord's Prayer is essentially the Lord telling the disciples, nobody needs to teach you how to pray. And uh, you don't have to do that. You're full of the Spirit of God. Sure, John taught his disciples. John didn't come here uh as a as a supplier of the Holy Spirit either. I did. You know, John had his ministry, I've got mine. But um I think that Jesus is making it very clear that, you know, how do uh, I I am thinking that he was asked, how do we ask the Lord for stuff and actually get it? And um because, you know, hey, that's that's what he's there for, right? Just to answer our prayers, heal our, our pussycats and and uh, and give us stuff. Uh, okay, I'm I'm being sarcastic and perhaps uh, uh, borderline sacrilegious, but uh, I'll tell you what that idea fits in a lot uh, clearer and a lot squarer than the idea that we're praying because we care about our neighbor or that we want to worship God. So um, Jesus is starting this by saying, "Now look, your father already knows what you have need of." You have one thing that you need to that you need to concern yourself with and and it's hardly a concern. what was it that he said in the Lord's Prayer was something that we should ask for our daily bread. I don't know for sure that he's even talking about bread made out of wheat or barley or rye or whatever they made it out of. I don't know- I don't know that for a fact because Jesus made it so clear, so abundantly clear in other places, that he is the bread of life. I am that bread that came down from heaven, he says. So when we ask for our daily bread, uh, I don't know, I think it would behoove us more so to um, ask him for our daily sustenance as far as what revelation the Lord has for us, our daily revelation, because that's what we're supposed to live by. What did David say when he was crying out to God? You know, I've desired your way, desired your righteousness, desired to be in the kingdom of God, a child of God, and desired your way more so than I have my necessary food. Perhaps that's why David was a man after God's own heart. Perhaps that's why David lived in the power that he lived in. You know, and I, until we're able to do that, till we're able to experience that, I don't know. I don't know where all this is uh, is going to end up, you know, when all we have, you know, when he opens these, this golden vial that is full of the prayers of the saints. I really doubt that me praying for my pussycat's broken tail is going to be in that vial. I really doubt that. So uh, what, uh, what is in the vial? Well, it's going to be prayers that are going to be along these lines. Uh, another label in our little book that I disagree with, and it's not just this little book, it's everywhere. It's probably in your Bible. If you look at your, uh, at your Bible, some Bibles have titles before certain paragraphs, little subject titles that tell you what you're reading. And uh, this is always called the Lord's Prayer. But this is not the Lord's Prayer at all. A matter of fact, the Lord's Prayer, if you want to look it up, is in John 17. <laughs> That's where the Lord is praying. Um, but here, these are instructions for the disciples. These are instructions, essentially, for anyone who wants to be a disciple, um, and it starts out this way. Uh, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The beginning of this prayer sets in our mind um, in many different ways, not only in the way of hierarchy, but even in the, in the way of physical location. Um, you know, people say that God's in the trees and he's in the puppy dogs and he's in the clouds and he's in this and that and the other thing. But the, the scriptures say that our Father's in heaven. And uh, there's no reason to believe that uh, this whole idea of, you know, you know well, haven't you ever heard of omnipresence? Yeah, I have, and I don't necessarily agree with it. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't think God's everywhere at once. That's Santa Claus. This is, we're talking about the... the You know, we're talking about the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about Yehovah, Jehovah. You know, he's in heaven. This is where Jesus said he was. And I don't know of anybody more qualified to say so. Uh, So uh, we'll talk about omniscience, omnipresence, and omnipotence at another time. But uh, I think that all these things have to be considered. I don't think that the Nicene Council has the right to throw a word at us and say, this is what it means. And you need to incorporate this into your vocabulary and into your religion. Uh, I don't think they have the right to do that. Uh, and uh, frankly, mm, I don't. <laughs> I just I just don't. Uh, we'll talk about all these things as time goes by. But where is our Father? He's in heaven. That's what my Lord Jesus said. And then he says, hallowed be thy name. I think that a lot of times... Uh, Uh, we, in our vernacular, we understand what name means. I know what name means. That's not a hard word to define. I know what name means. And, uh, well, I don't know that you do. (laughs) Um, Because there was a time uh, when, I mean, even in America, you know, in the days when a man's word was his bond, those kind of things, there was a time when a man's name was more than Bob Smith, Uh, Bob, when you said Bob Smith, all of a sudden people get this kind of a, you know, maybe a shadowy, maybe a uh, could be crystal clear, I don't know, but they get an idea of who that is. Uh, And that's what names actually evoke within us is our understanding of who they are. The name of God is would be better defined, not necessarily the moniker that he gets embroidered on his uniform <laughs> it 's not it 's not y h uh, v h or y w v h or or uh, some people like to say that, that God said his name is i am uh, there's a lot of people that you know have all different kinds of ideas about the name of god and uh but it that that moniker is not what he's talking about when he says uh, well it, uh, i i'm sure it's included but i'm saying that mainly when it says that uh, you know that hallowed be thy name man this is this is an honoring of god for who he is he's god he's sovereign he's uh, all powerful he's almighty he doesn't need us he's our supplier he's he's the one that is uh, to whom we can uh, we can call upon and upon him we can call. And, um, and there's just a, a, a host of manifestations as far as we're concerned as Christians that are all encompassed in his name. Hallowed be thy name is that his name, his nature is not to be sullied. It's not to be tampered with. It's not to be touched by human hands, um, Anything that man can touch, he can destroy. And so perhaps as uh, mankind became worse and worse and worse, um, he hid his name from us. You know, he never even told us his name until Moses. He told Moses, nobody's ever known me by my name. This is my name, by the way, but nobody's ever known me by that name. You know what that name was? I am? No, sorry, that's Sunday school literature. What's the scripture say? His name's Jehovah. His his name is Jehovah. But more so, it is his nature that is not to be tampered with. He gives us his name, the Tetragrammaton. We've had so much fun with that for the last six thousand. Well, I guess it's been thirty-five hundred years. But we've had so much fun with that. We got so many different pronunciations and different ways of spelling it, and and we got Hebrew and square Hebrew and and Paleo Hebrew and. And in the Greek it's this, and in Latin it's this, and we've done with just four letters. We've gone crazy with four letters. But when you talk about his nature, man, we tamper with that all the time. The, the friends of Job who visited him in his, in his time of need uh, were tampering with God's name. Tampering with his name. The second commandment teaches us that his name is holy. And, and it's, I, I know, there's just a lot of people that, you know, that attach that to, you know, what we call him. And they try to protect his name and the way it's spelled, and the way it's said, and the way it's written. And, you know, they, they go crazy uh, with it. Then they, they, you've got other people that, that don't honor it at all. I don't, I don't understand somebody that would have a coffee shop named uh, Jehovah Jabba. I don't understand that, <laughs> but nevertheless, we got people that don't care, got people that care too much, and, they, and, and as you look at it, you find out they still don't know what they're talking about, because God's name is His nature, and this is true with Christ as well, um, and this is why when we're baptized in the name of Jesus, you're not baptized in whatever name falls out of the preacher's mouth that's dunking you under the water. That's not being baptized in His name. No, it's not. I don't I don't care what you've been told. You can't just say the name of Jesus when you're being baptized and insist that you're being baptized in the name of Jesus. Or Jehovah, or Jehovah, or Yeshua, or Joshua, or Yesu, or whatever name that you want to pick. It doesn't mean that you're being baptized in that name. Just because you said it? If... Uh, You know, and and I know that when people pray, they would dare stop a prayer without saying, in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Why, in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Why do you do that? Well, he says we're supposed to pray in his name. And saying it makes it so. Just saying in his name, that makes it so. Well, yeah. Well, can we pray for cocaine in his name? Well, we would do that. Are you telling me that everything that everybody prays in Jesus' name is His will and within His nature, within His purview, within His His desire and His will? Well, no. Do you think they said in the name of Jesus at the end of their prayer? I guarantee you they did. So are they praying in the name of Jesus simply by saying so? No, absolutely not. If if saying in Jesus' name makes praying in Jesus' name, then how do we gather in his name? He said, gather in my name. How do you do that? Well, most people pray. When they have the meeting, they pray in Jesus' name. That makes them gathered in his name. No, it doesn't. (laughs) I I know you wish it did, but it doesn't. It's gathering in his nature. It's asking in his nature. Whatsoever you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you. Is that true? Have you found that to be true, my friend? (laughs) Have you found that anything you ask the Father and you stick in Jesus' name, I pray at the end, have you found that everything you ask for, you get? Like Jesus promised. Is Is that your experience? It's not mine. So can we decide right here and now that perhaps we're doing something wrong? Perhaps we need to gather in His name. What would, that, what would that mean? To gather in the nature of Christ, in what He stands for, His will, His way, His words, what He understands the Father to be, what He understands you to be. What would be, what would be foremost in, in that understanding? Would it not be the commandments of God? Would it not be the sovereignty of his own father? The godship and lordship and headship of the father are not only over Jesus but over us? You look, people gather, all kinds of people. Why did he say two or three of you gathered? Why did he say that? Well, you know what he's doing that for? For you folks who go to church and you look around and you see, you know, two or three hundred people in here Well, it only has to be two or three. doesn't have to be two or three hundred, but I would say that within two or three hundred, there might be two or three (laughs) that understand what I'm talking about here. They wouldn't dare pray for something outside the nature of Christ. No, they wouldn't dare. And so they're praying in His name. They're being baptized in His name. How do you be baptized in the nature of Christ? This is to be immersed in Christ. This is to... This is to die to yourself. I have people all the time ask me to baptize them. No, no, no. First of all, where do you get the idea that a, that there's a third party involved? It's you and God. It has nothing to do with me. You don't need a preacher or a priest or a rabbi or anybody else to push you under the water. You want to be baptized? Go get baptized if that's what you want. Yeah, but I guarantee you what you're going to get is wet. The idea is to be baptized in His Spirit. Paul says there's one faith, one baptism. Well, which one is it? Water or spirit? John says I baptize with water, but there comes one after me. There's that contrasting conjunction again, isn't it? There, I baptize with water, and there comes one after me that's going to baptize with both, water and the spirit. Really, is that what he said? No, he didn't. I baptize with water. There's one coming after me that's going to baptize with the Spirit. Something's going to change. Something is changing. People say, do you believe you have to be baptized to be saved? Absolutely. Baptized in water? No, that's not the question. You have to be baptized in the Spirit of God. Absolutely. Well, well, brother, what do you feel like is the proper way to be baptized? Well, here we go. He's talking about water. So we're talking about water. We're talking about ponds. We're talking about rivers. We're talking about creeks. Salt water, fresh water, chlorinated water. Can you get baptized in a swimming pool? Do you go frontwards into the water? Do you go backwards into the water? Make sure you get all your hair wet. Make sure you spread your little fingers under there and work that water under your fingernails. Make sure you're look. It just goes that crazy. What's the proper way to be baptized? I'll tell you. Go into the water. Stay there. See, it's all about death. It's all about us dying to ourselves. That's proper baptism. To go under and never come back. Paul says that, he says, I am dead in Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But it's not me. It's Christ that liveth in me. Who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, who's got a a testimony of baptism like that? Just just the Apostle Paul? Is there more? Can I get a witness? You see, what we have to do is, is be baptized in his nature. When you come out, it's not you anymore. It's him. This is baptism by the Spirit of God. And it needs to be sought by every Christian. You think you got it because you speak in tongues? That's not the fruit of the baptism of the Spirit. You think you did it because now you're a prophet or a prophetess? You prophesy? You interpret tongues? That's not a sign of being baptized by the Spirit of God. Baptized into Christ? No, baptism into Christ has one, one sign, one symbol that proves it to the entire world. And that's the death of you. And what emerges from you is the life of Jesus Christ. I know all this stuff is all ethereal and kind of spooky sounding to anybody that's never heard it, but uh, you know what it's going to come down to? It's going to come down to you wanting to serve God, you deciding to keep His commandments, you deciding to live like Jesus told you to live, deny yourself, take up your cross, be willing to die for what you believe, and follow Christ. That's salvation, friend. Well, it will be, you know, and don't look for, you know, some magical lightning bolt transformation it's not going to happen you know it's he that endures to the end shall be saved I'm not trying to take away hope I'm trying to give you some hope that the goofy Christian lives that we that we claim are real and don't work I'm telling you why they don't they're just littered with bad theology and bad doctrine and no Bible reading and bad preaching and bad songs and Bad company of people that call themselves believers and you just add it all together and you know what you get? First whatever church on the corner with the tallest steeple. That's what you get. Come on, folks. It's time to take this stuff seriously. It's also time to go. Sorry about that. Write to me. I'd love to hear from you if you have questions or comments. All right, time for us to go now. We'll see you next time for more on the words of Jesus. Until then, think you're ready. Bye bye.